This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is The Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Welcome to The Daily Score. I'm Chris Emma, in for my good buddy Mark Grody. We got a lot to cover. It's Thursday, September 14th. The Bears are trying to regroup after a tough loss in their opener, 38-20 to the Packers at Soldier Field. There's a lot we got to go through in that one because you rewatched that game and it was even worse than you saw live in person or on TV. It was tough. All three phases of the Bears were sloppy. Uh, the hits principle was completely lacking. Matt Eberfuss got outcoached by Matt LaFleur and that staff. But I want to focus on the quarterback. I want to focus on Justin Fields, the 24-year-old in year three, who we all hope believe Dreven could have that breakout season here. It was not pretty for Justin Fields. And there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot we're going to cover here. But all in all, it was not the kind of performance you wanted to see from a young quarterback that we all see has the potential to make that big jump in year three. Uh, I want to preface this here because I know people want to see Justin Fields succeed. I want to see Justin Fields succeed. I want to see the Bears have that elite franchise quarterback that so many other teams and fan bases of the NFL get to see. But – it was not good from Justin Fields. Uh, the offensive line, of course, let him down. I felt the play calling was at times too conservative, uh, and the Packers had a good defensive game plan. But I want to focus on Fields here, and specifically with his decision-making, because that's a part of his game that has not improved now in year three. Now almost 30 starts into his young NFL career. He's still making the same kind of mistakes that you expect out of a rookie, that you see getting worked out for a young quarterback. Justin Fields finished the game 24-37 for 216 yards. Of those 37 passes, 17 by my count were checkdowns. And by checkdowns, I'm defining that. Obviously, I don't have the play calls. I don't have everything that Justin Fields had in his headset. But you can see the checkdown when it's there on film. It's him going through the progressions, looking downfield, passing up on a guy open, passing up on a DJ Moore, Cole Komet as he's working toward the sidelines, and dumping it down to Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson was the Bears' leading receiver on Sunday with six catches. DJ Moore, the big number one receiver, the huge acquisition for the Bears, the blockbuster this offseason, he had two catches for 25 yards. He had uh, just he was not involved in the offense. He had two consecutive catches in the game. Place got buzzing, the excitement was there, and then he was not a part of that offense. Chase Claypool, who you're expecting to can get a part of this offense, you hope entering a contract year of his own that he would be motivated, that he would be uh, a key focal point of this offense. He had two targets, zero receptions. More on Claypool later because there's a lot to cover there too. But with Justin Fields, it comes down to the decision-making. Uh, he still is struggling with the processing in the pocket, looking downfield and seeing what's there for him. 
Uh, he's missing obvious and, and big chances for explosive plays. He's either passing them up to run or he's just settling for the check down and trying to live for the next play. Justin Fields was 12 to 17 on those checkdowns. On design plays of below 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, he was 7 to 12. So there's efficiency there within the flow of the offense when Luke Getz is designing something shallow. Maybe it's a little crossing around for a guy like a Colt Komet. That's okay. That's part of the offense. That's not taking your first read probably. If you're going through the reads of the offense, that would number one is somebody on the outside you're looking to. That's okay with him playing within the flow of the offense. The checkdown's the last resort. He took that 17 times. Uh, the screen passes, it looked in at the time like there was a lot of them. You kind of decipher a little bit. You see it was more checkdowns and screens. By my count, I had four design screen passes. He was three of four. So he took what was there. That's an issue with the blocking. Again, we're going to get to that here in a bit. Justin Fields, though, speaking on Wednesday, speaking about as he looked toward week two and put him week one behind him, he acknowledged he has to open up this passing game a little bit. Here's what Justin Fields had to say. I mean, I feel like, you know, after a game, uh, there's always a you know, number of plays that you wish you would have had back. So, um, I mean, yeah, uh, you're never going to get perfect quarterback play, but, um, you know, you go back and really at any position, you know, you want to do better uh, on this play or do something different that you wish you would have did different, especially if it doesn't uh, come out your way at the end of the day. So, um a lot of stuff to learn from and uh, a lot of stuff to get better from, sure. As you look back, are there any moments where you say, I wish I was a little bit more aggressive here or I wish I you know, put the ball out there to give my guy a chance? Just take more shots yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's one thing um, I talked to Luke and Coach about is just, you know, uh, I felt like I was a little bit too conservative at times uh, during the game. So, um, you know, definitely with, um, you know, guys like DJ and Chase on the outside, if, you know, we do have – one on one on the outside, essentially throwing it up and you know seeing what happens. So uh, you know, with them, you know they're great playmakers, and you know they can you know, most likely come up with a fifty-fifty ball. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, want to give them you know more chances deep down the field. And that last part is what I want to focus on here in particular. I, I love to hear everything you said. I, I appreciate the acknowledgement from Justin Fields about his desire to be better and understanding what he can do on his own within the offense to to open this thing up. What he said about the 50-50 balls, what he's telling you there, they're not 50-50 balls for Chase Claypool. He's six foot four and built. He's going to be a mismatch against every single corner he goes against in terms of size. It's not a 50-50 ball. It's a 60-40 or a 70-30. DJ Moore is one of the savvier route runners you're going to find in the league. It's not a 50-50 ball for him either. He's guy has got the speed to take the top off of defense. He's a playmaker who's able to take advantage of those mismatches. Justin Fields knows he's got to just get them the ball. Chase Claypool, before he suffered the hamstring injury in training camp, he was at his best because Justin Fields was just getting him the football. He was forcing it in traffic. It didn't matter if there's a corner right on him. Claypool was making those plays. And then you saw Claypool show some swagger and kind of get in some guys' faces, and that's a, a wide receiver who knows when he's activated and when he's a part of this thing. Uh, DJ Moore, even on the days where the offense was really struggling D.J. Moore still looked great. Like, he still had a moment every game because Justin Fields was just getting him the ball. For whatever reason, it just has not quite translated to these games. Justin Fields is not taking those kind of chances. 
And he can. Like, there's the knock on him that I believe is completely false that he does not have the arm talent to make those big plays, to exploit those mismatches, and to get those, you know, those 40, 50 yard bombs that you want to see as part of this offense. He absolutely has the arm talent. Like, this guy's, we got all the tools it takes to be a successful quarterback. For him right now, my belief within the flow of the offense, and obviously with protection, you want to get everything around Justin Fields right. It's on him now to just kind of understand. I got to force this ball to DJ and see if he can make a play. He's going to make those plays. If it's Chase Claypool, let's see, it's like a little 15 yard out route or whatever it is, and he's got a corner. He's not a great route runner, but he's a mismatch with that size. Just force him the football. He's going to make those plays. Justin Fields seems like he's too afraid to make those mistakes, and he's afraid of the interceptions or the pass breakups, whatever it is. And that's there's a part of that too. There's a fearlessness you want of him. Like, Obviously, you don't want the mistakes, but you also don't want the checkdowns that lead to you know these 12-play, 40-yard drives that go nowhere and you stall out and turn it over or punch. Like, you got to have more. You got to have an offense that works downfield. That opens everything else up. This is an offense and a rushing attack that ran for 3,000-plus yards last season, leading the league. That identity is there. The offensive line and the run blocking should be improved. I'm excited to see what Khalil Herbert can do when you truly unlock him, but they couldn't even do that in the opener. Roshan Johnson, I think, has all the potential to be a lead back for this team. You saw more in the passing game than you did in, in, in getting the handoffs. When he brought when he brought it there, you saw that energy. You saw him carry the ball with confidence. That's a playmaker you can utilize. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But this entire offense and its identity starts with Justin Fields going deep, taking these chances, uh, understanding what he has in the talent around him. When that pocket's breaking down, he's got to do that little sidestep and still understand the place alive. There's a receiver open. Or when he does scramble, Matt Eberflus talked about this as well, they got to get some scramble drills ready. Like the beauty of having a guy like Justin Fields who's a mobile quarterback and extend these plays is he's able to get to the point where D.J. Moore's beat a corner. The play is five, six seconds in. He's scrambling, and there's D.J. Moore over the top. Justin Fields is thinking run first on that, and he's got plenty of talent as a rusher. You want to see him unlock this as a passer as well. This is a missing element of the Bears' offense right now, and the entire identity of this offense hinges on Justin Fields unlocking this. Uh, again, I want to say because there's defenses for Justin Fields. I know people are down on Luke Getzey. People are down on this offensive line. It all has to work together. Justin Fields has been let down the past couple seasons because he didn't have that protection, because he didn't have DJ Moore out there. He didn't trust his receivers. He didn't trust his offensive line, and he shouldn't have. But he's got to work through that now. He's got the trust issues, and we saw it in week one. He's got to work past those trust issues. If he can get this offense really clicking and if he can open up that passing game, the team's going to put up some points. They're going to be able to play some good football, and it's going to look a lot better than it did in the opener. That was a rough watch. It was really uninspiring for a quarterback in Justin Fields who playing for a lot this season. Year three is what defines a quarterback. It defined Jalen Hurts, defined Joe Burrow, defined Justin Herbert. This is the chance for Justin Fields. Like if he makes that leap, if he proves himself as that guy this season, as that breakthrough, he's going to get paid a lot of money. The Bears are going to feel really good that they got their quarterback right now. Ryan Pulse wants to see it. Like 
Ryan Poles is not there to be a fanboy of Justin Fields. He's going to be objective. He's going to understand he's got a decision to make this offseason at the position of the quarterback once again. He wants Justin Fields to make that decision for him, or it's clear and obvious that's the guy you give him the long-term deal, you build around him and continue to find hope in what Justin Fields can bring for you. Let's see it. Week one did not inspire any confidence that Justin Fields is going to be the Bears quarterback long-term. I want to see something different. Uh, it was not pretty, but there's 16 games left. The Bears have been quick to remind it. We'll move on from that. And there's another key point I want to talk about from Hallis Hall. Chase Claypool, it did not work out well for him in week one. In the same situation when we talk about the pressure of fulfilling a, a long-term contract in the future, a guy who broke onto the scene as a rookie with the Steelers, he was a shell of himself when he joined the Bears last year for seven games. 14 catches, 140 yards. He played an eighth game on Sunday in a Bears uniform. Did not change that stat line at all. He had two targets, zero receptions. That wasn't even the problem with him, though. The issue with Chase Claypool in that opener came in the blocking game. The Bears run an offense that really re relies on the outside zone. Uh, you saw a lot of the screen passes trying to get things sealed to the outside. And as Justin Fields said post game. Those quick little passes can turn into 10, 15, 20-plus yards and make or break a drive for the Bears. And over and over again, you saw Chase Claypool whiffing on a block. You saw a complete lack of technique and, frankly, a lack of effort. Matt Eberflus was asked about Chase Claypool today in his role, specific with the blocking, but the role he plays at wide receiver for this offense. Here's what Flus had to say. Yeah, we know. I, you know we already visited about that. Uh, I think it was maybe uh, Sunday after the game or Monday it was. But, uh, yeah, again, you know, you guys all saw the plays, you know, that uh, and, again, the perimeter blocking needed to improve uh, for all of us. And uh, and we're going to get that – work hard to get that done. Matt, with Chase Claypool specifically with the blocking, is that reflective of an inability to block or of poor effort blocking? You know, I would just say everything comes down to technique. You know, it's it's about technique. And it's about really about when you're blocking the perimeter like that, you have to have good technique, right? And, uh, you know, he's displayed good technique in practice on that. And uh, that's why we had him in those positions. But uh, perimeter blocking is all about technique. It's all about your angles. And it's all about your intensity for sure. And uh, it's always about that. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're push cracking on a, on a, line, on a, a linebacker or cracking down on, on somebody inside. Um, that's what it's always about. Because you had St. Brown inactive, he's known as a very good blocking wide receiver. Is it possible that Claypool would be inactive this week? So we're looking at all possibilities right now. You know, I'm not going to talk about who's going to be up and down for the game right now um, you know, for obvious reasons, but uh, we're looking at all, all things to make our team better, who's going to be up and who's going to be down in terms of the active roster. Last thing on that, he went, Claypool went to injury tent, I think, twice. Was, that, was injury a factor in how he played? Sunday, or did you think he was fine physically? There was there was no injury reported. So there you go. That's Matt Eberflus putting his guy on notice. And look, Eberflus did this as he said he met with Claypool on Monday. Like this isn't just something Eberflus volunteered to the media, and Claypool's not aware of. Chase Claypool's very aware now of a, a precarious spot with this Bears active roster for game days. Like. I'm not sure if Claypool's going to be active on Sunday. I, I tend to believe that he will and that Ibrafus is kind of speaking more so towards not wanting to tip his hand than anything. But if you're a head coach in that spot, you can so easily say, look, we got a lot of belief in Chase Claypool. He's a key part of this offense. He's a key part even of our blocking scheme. We believe in him wholeheartedly. He's going to be out there. I think he's going to bounce back and have a great Sunday and a great season. Ibrafus didn't say that. 
Iberfus chose to put his guy on notice, chose to make it public that they're not happy with his performance. That's notable. It's a guy in Claypool who, when he came into training camp in early in late July and early August, he said, this is the biggest year of my life. And what he meant by that is he knows his NFL future is in question right now. There's uncertainty as to whether he can stick with the Bears long-term, who gave up the number 232 overall pick for him. He knows he can either earn a massive long-term contract this offseason if he really goes out there and looks like that player you saw in 2020 as a rookie out of Notre Dame, or he can be a free agent who's picked up on a one-year, $2 million deal by some other team and is fighting for a roster spot. Chase Claypool has so much talent. Dude's a physical specimen. He's tough in traffic everywhere he goes. He's a mismatch. We talked about it earlier with Justin Fields. He's a mismatch for every corner he's going to go up against. He's a playmaker. It's not about that for him. It's about the effort. It's about the attitude, which is why Pittsburgh was willing to let him go. A key part of that offense is a rookie and even into year two, and Mike Tomlin was fine moving on from him. Mike Tomlin is usually not wrong when he lets go of a player like that. It's on Chase Claypool to prove it with the Bears. The Bears invested heavily in him. It was a second-round pick that became number 32 overall. Essentially, a first-round pick they gave up for his services. The Bears were intent on signing him long-term and making him a part of this team for the, you know, the next several years. I don't know if that's happening right now. I'm wondering what his role is going to continue to be on this team. Chase Claypool, if it really is the biggest year of your life like you say it is, go out and play like it. Go on and put it on notice and show everybody who's watching you, you know what's at stake here. It's going to be a big Sunday for Claypool. It's going to be a big, big Sunday for Justin Fields and a big Sunday ahead for the Bears. We got a lot to cover. There's plenty going on at Hallis Hall and a lot to talk about in Chicago. This is the Daily Score. I'm Chris Emma. Thank you to the producer, Ray Diaz. Excellent work as always. I'll be back tomorrow. We got more to cover. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.